Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I've been a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Shmuel Okay. And we are live on LinkedIn and on Facebook with another live broadcast of the Nursing Home Podcast. You know, in the past, I was doing them not live and decided, why not? Let's, you know, if, if we can do it live, let's do it live. So our lives have been majorly disrupted. Every single person in every single industry over the last few weeks and a couple of months already uh, with, with the outbreak of the coronavirus, COVID-19, as we've gotten to know it. And we know that the nursing home industry was perhaps hardest hit. And there are some facilities reporting uh, heart-rending numbers of deaths in their facilities. And it has really come in there really, really hard. And that's where a lot of the media attention is. And we focused on that on other episodes. We focused on the healthcare workers who are literally putting their lives on the line. Uh, in order to care for the residents. And it's not just the nurses, the aides, it's the administration, it's the maintenance staff, it's the service providers who interact with the nursing home world. We want to kind of focus a little bit differently in this podcast. And we want to focus on the service providers and businesses that have suffered as a result of the coronavirus outbreak. And a little bit of getting on that angle and maybe and specifically with the therapy business. So today... We have with us on the Nursing Home Podcast, Mo Rabi, and if I mispronounce your name, you'll correct me, He's the COO of Senior Care Therapy. And, and before I put too many words into your mouth, uh, Mo, tell us a little bit about your professional background and who you are for the listeners who don't know you yet. You want to know how I started in the industry or just uh, my general uh, I want to know how you got to bio. your current position. Uh, to the company that you're in right now. Okay, so first off, thank you very much for having me on this podcast. I look forward to reaching out to your audience, getting to know more people. Um, I myself am an avid listener of yours, and I've been very impressed by a lot of the people you're bringing on, but you're asking the right questions and you're listening to the crowd, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. So, you know, I started in this business around nine years ago called the healthcare business. I sort of fell into it. I'm not going to get into all the details, but I got offered a job in DME, so durable medical equipment. Somebody saw me in synagogue, working in the room, networking, wishing everybody um, a happy new year as it was. And they reached out to me the next week. They said, Mo, we're looking to hire somebody to network, to build relationships, to be a salesperson. We, we feel like you have the makeup for it. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll come in. I'll interview and the interview went well. They offered me the job. I remember the first day I was getting trained in by the person that was leaving. And he said, okay, so, you know, let me tell you a little about DME. And I said, what's DME? He's <laughs> like, you joking? are you joking? That's what you're selling. And I said, no, I, I really came to this because I believe in the company and the people working there, but I don't really know that much about the product we're selling. You know, why don't we get to it? Fast forward five years. Um, 
you know, I did very well with my company, was able to grow into an account executive, then marketing director for the company, which was Ocean Home Health. You can see that in my bio. And uh, my company was looking around two and a half years ago for somebody to take the helm, um, really grow the company, push our product, but more importantly, reach out to people in a way um, that my owner and president wasn't able to do. Um, she is definitely more of a clinical person. I am more of a marketing person. And so the marriage was made and uh, we've been very successful. So as it stands today, Senior Care Therapy, SCT, provides psychological services, behavioral health services in the mm -hmm. tri-state area. So that's New York, New Jersey, and PA. And, you know, we've grown to over 100 nursing homes across those three states. We are primarily focused in New Jersey. You know, that's where we started. But we've been very successful. And, you know, we could get into that further. But you know, okay, that's the, well, the basic bio. Okay, no, I appreciate that. And like we were just discussing before we went live, I don't know how we're connected and why I have your number in my phone. You have yours and uh, you have my number in yours. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but what I do know is that there, one of the reasons, besides for your business, why I was excited to have you on, is that you, the same uh, character trait that that person saw in you in Shul, we could say that, um, you know, when they pulled you out and saw the potential in you, you know, I've seen some of your posts. And even now, as we're speaking, you know, a smile never leaves your face. And you just, you're the type of person that people want to be with and probably to throw business at you as well. Because at the end of the day, this is, you know, the common misnomer that people have, you know, the old way, old school uh, way of thinking is that people do businesses with established logos, thing, you know, Coke that's been shoved down our throat with advertising since before we were born. And, you know, all these massive, massive brands. And those are the ones who we trust. And the truth is, you know, people are demanding a personal connection with any business that you're doing business with, regardless if it's in healthcare, if it's the coffee shop that you go to, if it's anything. And you certainly bring that to the table in your business. So, I, which leads me to my next question. I'm not just flattering you. Um, <laughs> I'll take it though. Yeah, you can have it. Um, but which leads me to my next question. You're working in the healthcare space. Your company is currently providing therapy services to nursing homes. Is that correct? Am I correct. Fine? Okay. So, I, I think that, you know, with your personality, you could probably sell, you know, the Brooklyn Bridge. You can sell a lot of things. Do you feel a personal connection to the business that you're in right now? Or if you can magically press a button and you would have the same years of experience and a completely different line of work selling women's shoes or I don't know, anything else, would it be just as good of a fit? Okay. So, I mean, you're, you're asking a loaded question. Yes. Um, and, you know, you actually just alluded to something by mentioning selling your Brooklyn Bridge. And I, I put, a, put up a post about this like a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, so, so I'll refer to a story. I had a salesperson reach out to me. You know, thank God in doing what I do, I've been able to help a lot of people networking. I sort of became a quasi uh, headhunter, um, advisor for people. You know, I'm always here to help others. You know, sometimes it's for monetary reasons, sometimes to give back. You know, I enjoy the networking aspect for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but somebody reached out to me. They said, listen, we're looking, I'm looking for a job. I want to be a salesperson. So I went through like a set of questions I usually ask to try to understand this person, where their head is at and what their focus would be and skill set. So I said, you know, tell me about yourself. You want to be a salesperson? What are your qualifications? He said, I can sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. 
I'm an amazing salesperson. I said, wow. I said, you do realize that if you sold me the Brooklyn Bridge, I would realize the next day when I wake up and go to the Brooklyn Bridge that you sold me something that's not mine. And you're basically selling me or you're selling me a bridge. So what would happen is the next time you come to me, I would never talk to you. I wouldn't answer your calls. I would make sure to block you, maybe even slander you if I feel it's appropriate um, to make sure other people don't fall into the same pitfall as as I did. But ultimately what you did was you sold me something, but you didn't actually build a relationship. I said, you're much better off coming to me and saying, listen, I know a lot of people are trying to sell you the broken bridge. I'm here because I want to sell you something that's going to add value to you. I want to bring something to the table that you can actually digest, that's yours, that you can conquer, that you can build off of, right? Just selling something, you know, anybody can do that. So, you know, it, it brings me back to where I am in this industry, where I came from, where I am today. People ask me, what's the connection between DME and psychology? How did I make that leap? And I'll tell you wholeheartedly, when I did my job, the part I enjoyed the most was the connections I made with the people I was working with, PTOT, speech, um, and then dealing with the residents and their families. I saw it as a direct connection. And, you know, the, the gratification I got when I, when I left you know, when I left um, that that house or that nursing home was the fact that I was able to help somebody. So when this job was presented to me, I saw this as a direct connection. I feel like behavioral health services have been on the back burner for many, many years. And a lot of people struggle with the fact that they don't feel like there's a real connection to the service and the nursing home that, you know, everybody's in there working together uh, and communicating. So the communication part is where I do well. The networking is where I excel. But more importantly, what makes me feel, feel good about my job is that I know I'm doing something that's actually paying off. So to really answer it in, in one caption, I would say to you, anybody could sell anything. But if you're not selling something you believe in, that's a part of your life that you feel it's a, is a genuine sale, they're not going to appreciate it and you won't appreciate what you're doing. Well. So, well, first of all, that was a very full response. You know, many times people come on and something can meander, meander away, whatever. You could just go down some sort of side road and you know, <laughs> off the hook. But uh, it's a tough question, which you answered directly. And, and I'll add to that, that it's really all the same thing. You know, you're, you mentioned a few times that, there, you know, you like your networking and you like connecting with people because you like helping people, whether it's with a job, whether it's, you know, helping someone who's looking for an employee helping anyone, you know, to get to their next step is the, you know, the ultimate giving and giving to the vulnerable, you know, giving to the nursing home resident that doesn't have the ability to voice their own concerns sometimes or not in a way always that it's effective, that their needs are met and you coming in there and providing them with that service. And specifically with these types of therapies, you know, you're really doing the same thing. And the proof is that you're not coming from a someone who handed you a nursing home position or a therapy company on a golden platter and then afterwards had to recreate your story or your brand and i hate that word um when it's misused because it's misused it was the opposite right you started where you started and you made that leap you know because of you know because of what you really believe obviously it fit with the opportunity business opportunities over there as well so let's just jump into the business aspect here a little bit further so you okay. provide, go ahead. No, I, I would let this listen. This is definitely a more um, 
complicated discussion that we're making it seem. I mean, you, you have to be in the right position at the right time. You have to be doing something that you love and care about. Um, you know, and we could go on and on about this, like you mentioned. I'm happy to go to the next subject, and we could circle back to this if you like. Okay. Um, so I, I do want. I do want to mention. You you asked me specifically if I could wake up tomorrow and be a sales, uh, a shoe salesperson or real estate or something else. Again, I, I think everything in life is a product of circumstance, and even somebody selling shoes, they could really like outfitting a person that they walk out feeling good about themselves going to their their wedding or to you know to even the casual wear. And um, going to function and feeling good about themselves, that you could do anything and feel good about it. To me, the, the just direct, the, the direct connection between healthcare and seeing the results of your work, I think, is there a little more. It's it's more visible than other industries. That's what I would say. It's out in the open. Fair enough. I mean, no, that definitely that definitely makes sense. Um, it, I, I don't share this too much because I put it on the side burner. But actually, as an administrator, I knew lots of a lot of the job I really enjoyed. I love talking to old people. I took care of my grandfather in Israel for a year or so until he passed, and I do feel a very strong connection to that. Personally, I haven't shared this too much. Usually, I focus on the guests, but you're pushing me into this, and I'm fine with that. Uh, personally, sitting at a desk and just running through, you know, doing meetings, the day-to-day operations for me was boring and monotonous, and not figuring out new things, putting new systems in place was, it was just not, it was not fulfilling for me. So I actually started a different podcast, which is called the love your nine to five show. And Mm -hmm. the reason why I did that is because I despised my nine to five and I was looking for a path out. And over there we have many episodes, which we deal with, you know, much more deeply exactly how someone should choose what they're, you know, what they're doing. You know, their job is not just the means uh, to pay the bills. And if it is, then that's a very sad form of existence um, if you see if you see your job as you know your natural expression of the talent your god-given talents and like you said applying it appropriately to the circumstances where you find yourself and being compensated financially for it you know and something that you would do even for free because you know you feel that the you know you feel that you're this is what you were born to do you know that that would be the ultimate goal. And, you know, many people don't get to live there, and maybe not all the time. Some people don't. Some people don't even view it that way. It's like, you know, I accept my lot to suffer. Um, but you know, if you can figure out, what, I love doing this. I love taking people and asking yeah. the question. Uh, so we, I, I would say there, there's there's Moravi the person, Moravi the brand, and Moravi the company man. Um, and ultimately, my goal is to really fuse all of those together. And I feel more than anything with LinkedIn as a platform and Facebook, like you mentioned, um, you know, you have that opportunity more than you would have in the past without social media. As an example, I went to this LinkedIn Live event a couple of years ago, and one of the LinkedIn people there who actually worked for LinkedIn, he said, if you look at company pages versus personal profiles, you'll notice that personal profiles have a lot more hits on them. There's more engagement because people want to know who you are as a person. So, I mean, we could get into the LinkedIn aspect and social media and how you interact. But personally, when people ask me, they're like, Mo, I see you're very successful on LinkedIn. Um, what's the trick? And so I say to them, to start, not everybody's supposed to be on LinkedIn. Not everybody's supposed to engage on LinkedIn the same way as others, right? It's like anything else. You have to know your personality. The same way I wouldn't tell everybody to get up and public speak um, or to give a, a, you know, a seminar or do a podcast. You have to have the, the personality, temperament, and have the audience that's willing to engage with you. So 
I feel like it's like that in any job and specifically in what I do, I've sort of honed my skills throughout my life. Could, you know, this is not my autobiography, but no. I was I was the guy that, that at a young age would go over to some random person, you know, at a bar, in a synagogue, and in, in a public place and, and just start engaging and seeing how they would react. I can tell you, um, this might not go well with everybody in the audience, but I, I have a, a certain... I have a certain fear of, of animals for whatever reason. I didn't grow up with having a dog, cat. I, when I when I see an animal, I, I sort of cower, um, and you know, I, I feel like I have a disconnect. I have yet to meet a person that I feel like I'm afraid to go over to them and say, "Hi, how are you? What are you all about?" And I grew up in Toronto. I have a dad that's British. My mom's American Israeli. I went to school in Detroit, in Israel, in New, Jer- in New Jersey. I've been all over the place, met all different types of people, color, creed, and, and nationality. And that's really how I honed my skills over my career, my life, um, and why I'm able to do what I do today. So it, it's not just, you know, the industry specifically again, but it is something that I've been able to utilize to my, to my, I guess, to my advantage. Yeah, to, to move things forward. <laughs> uh, I'll add to that two two points about what you, what you said. It's not where I was intending on going, but we let's stay here for a minute. Listen, listen, you told me this is just a talk, so I'm I'm here to talk about anything. <laughs> so so two things. First of all, when people are looking for where they want to go professionally, a lot of times people look at the options in front of them. What are the you know what are the jobs open? Or you know sometimes people will ask me. You know I'm connected to a lot of people. You know who do you know in this industry? You know do you know a job this? You know a job that? I'm like who are you? What are you really good at? As a kid, what did you do naturally? And you know. Thank God I'm blessed with an, a large number of children myself. And I watch how they're so different and they come, the, the way they interact with each other and their skills are so obvious now. But as we get older, we start caring about other people. You watch a two-year-old playing. They could not care less what time of day it is, what's going on in the world. They're fully a healthy two-year-old, a three-year-old. They're fully healthy. Uh, they're self-expressed. If we can be that same two-year-old, when we're 22 and 32 and 72 and 102, those are the people who don't care. And But it's not that they don't care because they, they don't value other people. Is that they are on a mission to fully express their natural talents. Then anything they touch turns to gold. And they're not competing with anybody because no one has their same skill set. They don't care. If you're successful, they're happy for you. If you're not successful, they want to help you. So... You know, you you were referring back to your past and how it's kind of shaped your future. That's the way, you know, that it should be. Now, just and your other point, this is something which is frustrating because people also ask, you know, how should I be successful on LinkedIn? What should I post? You know, what are the things that other people are posting? I, I, I don't want to post every day. And it's not just LinkedIn. It's all social media platforms. The, the people who really get it are the people who understand that when you're on social media, it's not a fake world of social media where people look at it. What do I have in front of me? I have a laptop with buttons and maybe a, a webcam. And through pressing some of these buttons, somehow it's going to make me money or famous or create relationships and do all sorts of, you know, all sorts of amazing things. You can look at a human body and say the same thing. What is it? A mouth and eyes and hands and feet. It has nothing to do with that. If you understand that relationships that you have online are real. And if you treat it that way and you genuinely care about somebody and someone who likes your post, they did you a favor. They're helping. They're, exp- they're thanking you for sharing some content and you view it that way. And when you like someone else's post, it's because you actually like their post. 
you comment not because other people are you know going to see where you you know what you're commenting that's a way for you to be really successful and people can have an authenticity uh sense and when it's there and you know people realize that you're expressing who you really are and you're saying things because they're real you know that's a way to be much more successful and, and people want to engage with you because what you're saying is real Let, let's talk specific coronavirus COVID 19 how did this affect your business and i can tell you that you know my business my virtual tour business was uh you know severely um affected and we, we've you know thank god had to open up other avenues and uh, you know it's it's uh, you know one door has been closed partially and a bunch of other doors open which is great but how has it affected your business and if you want we can keep it general for others who their businesses have been affected, what do you think is a great way for them to to deal with it instead of crying to get up, pick themselves up, and be even more successful if that's possible? Right. So, I mean, to keep this behaviorally uh, focused and clinical, I would say, like anything else, you know, there's a stages of grief or there's a stages of of reaction, and somebody has to deal with a diagnosis, a family member has a diagnosis, whatever it is, you know, we won't go through every specific aspect of it. But I would say as, a, you know, just looking at it from an outside perspective, I think most professionals, their initial reaction was, okay, no, this is not going to affect me. It's, it's just a passing stage. What is COVID-19 anyways? It's something that's from Europe, China, wherever you want to blame America. We won't get into the politics of this. Uh, but this is not something that's going to affect me directly. Then everything gets shut down and the reality hits, right? You come to terms with the facts that this is what we're dealing with. And I would say a lot of people were knocked to the mat and, you know, they, they were, you know, whether it was a fetal position or they, they, they felt the pain of, of, that, of that sucker punch. Um, you know, everybody had an opportunity to react in different ways. And I would say if you told yourself, you know what, I'm not just going to lay down. I'm going to get up. I'm going to figure out how to be successful and pivot. And knowing that maybe, you know, you might not win ultimately, but you're going to go down with a fight. I think those are the ones professionally that I've seen have been successful. Now, I'm going to say this as, as a factual disclaimer. There are some, some industries where people just don't have that same opportunity to go out and do what they're doing every day, whether it's real estate, virtual tours, whatever you want to mention. Uh, but I will say, you know, the person, not just the company, the person themselves, if they set themselves, I need to figure out a way to do something, they pivoted. And I'll give you an example. And I don't think my friend is watching and I won't say his name. Um, okay. But one, one of my friends has a very successful um, concierge business where he does travel for professionals health in the healthcare industry and other successful industries where he basically takes care of everything like a white glove service mm -hmm. and people stop flying, people stop traveling. What was he going to do? He decided that he needs to make money and support his family. And he's going to start um, doing deliveries for people and shopping for them, personal shopping, something out of his comfort zone, something that had nothing to do with his industry. He said, I'm not going to just lay on the mat in a fetal position. I'm going to do something about it. So that's what he did. Um, if you're asking me specific to you, what you said, you don't want to get into details, but what my company did was we said, okay, what's, what's the next step for us as a company? What would we do today if we were coming into the industry as a new company and said, okay, we want to figure out a way to capitalize, to be successful in a new environment as a company that's trying to make ends meet and make a name for ourselves. You know, Forget about what we've done. What we've done is not working. 
So to get into the specifics, you know, we are psycho psychology-based company. Um, you know, we we do dabble in other services, psychiatry as well. Uh, but the psychology piece of what we do is really just going in physically into nursing homes and assisted living communities and having those face-to-face -face interactions. Now, a lot of places considered us to still be essential staff. We were able to get in there. But over time, whether it's because of our clinicians or more COVID-19 cases, we were unable to get into the buildings. So we said to ourselves, okay, let's roll with the punches, mm -hmm. use that metaphor, and let's figure out what works now. So, you know, the government put together tele telehealth waivers that allowed us to now provide telehealth services. So we were doing that. They then allowed the same provisions um, so that we can come into the home now. So we're doing telehealth at home. That's something we never offered in the past and we couldn't do based on our business model. And we've continued to evolve. So we also said to ourselves, why not try to get new business? There's definitely other companies that are not doing what we're doing or being as successful in implementation. Let's roll with it and let's push for more business, which we've been able to do successfully because people understand the value of having that extra support in place. Amazing. So, okay, let's see. My, my brain is racing right now because you brought up a, a few points. I'm just going to say right now, I have three points to say and see if I'll remember all of them. But before even getting to telehealth, which is a subject that I like very much, <laughs> we discuss a lot on this podcast, but even just what you said about businesses responding to this challenge and really any challenge and even individuals responding. So there's a couple of things. Yeah. One thing is, you know, so if you wallow in self-pity too much, then, you know, then you're doomed for failure. So maybe some of it is like, oh my goodness, this is not fair. You know, I built a beautiful business where I'm working for a successful business and to no fault of my own, all of a sudden it doesn't exist the way that it used to exist. So what am I going to do? And why? And it's not fair. And what should I do? And the mortgage company is disgusting that they want me to pay. Now, some of them don't, and that's very nice of them. And I'm, and that's a different conversation. But the first thing is getting, you know, getting up off the ground, wiping off the dust. And then you, the example you gave from your friend, who I think I've used in the past, um, you know, a white glove service for traveling, and now nobody's traveling. What are you going to do? So you might say, I've had a business. I have these, maybe even a number of people that work for me. Or, and I've built up to a certain level of, you know, a certain income level and a certain level of success where I know everything about this industry and I open up my laptop and everything's there, all my, everything's saved and I'm ready to, to go. And now to get into my car, drive for Uber, drive deliveries, do shopping for people, I can't do that. You know, it's below me. Now, those who are, who are not embarrassed and they don't care and they're not, they're not suffering because of it. It's, it's liberating not to care. It's, you know, people think that I was a CEO of a big company and now the company is gone and they laid me off. I was working with, with indirectly with some of these big companies and every email chain, three of the people no longer work for the company and they're in very high positions. What do you think they did? Unemployment probably, but that's, <laughs> you know, it's kind of only going to get them so far and it's not, you know, it's not a healthy thing, but if they pick themselves up and they actually start doing stuff and they're not scared, they don't care. You know, they can find that besides for being financially rewarding, personally, it's very depressing. You know, when we have all the energy inside of us and we're not expressing it. And, okay, I'm getting to the third point. Good for me. I'm remembering all three. Um, the third point is regarding, you know, now that you've opened up to telehealth, even if it's, you know, a temporary waiver and you have to see how it's going to work afterwards, the, the beautiful thing about telehealth and any service or value that could be delivered over the internet 
is that it levels the playing field, which means that if your company is providing an amazing service, if your company is better than other companies, whether it's in the technology part of it, whether it's in the clinicians that are behind the technology, which frankly are more important than the technology that delivers that service, uh, but or it's the onboarding process or the billing process, but if your overall experience is superior than other people, or even if it's just good, you now have the opportunity, and I would add the responsibility, to provide that service to anyone who wants it. So you might be located in one geographical location, but now you can provide that service to anyone, let's say, within the country. So for you, it's great, which may have, for you, meaning the service provider is great because you have the opportunity of growing your business nationally. And for the end user, it's amazing because if your service if your service is not amazing, you're not going to grow because there's other people doing the same thing. You're not going to grow to that extent. So it kind of levels the playing field. Just like, you know, you speak to some executives um, and, you know, let's say the CEO of a big company and they see they hire a social media expert and they find a, a kid who's, you know, 21 years old, who's already made millions of dollars from, you know, Fortune 500 corporations. I'm talking about someone who's the real deal. They come in there and they're like, what's going on here? This kid dropped out of college. He's, you know, still living in his parents' basement and, you know, has certain areas of his life maybe not, hasn't yet, uh, you know, lived responsibly. Uh, and now this guy's going to push my company forward. And the truth is, sometimes the guy's a scam and then that's a legitimate concern. But assuming that the guy's the real deal, he gets this, he has a talent, he has a skill. So yeah, you have a kid who puts a, a music video on YouTube the next day they're called on national TV. That's that's fair, right? Because this person actually has the talent. Then they sign a multi-million dollar record deal. That's fair because, you know, the, the, it's just that the scam of holding the talent, you know, together and only certain people get into exclusive club, that, that's over. Anyway, so my point is for you, for anyone else providing a telehealth uh, service or any service, you know, the whole world, is waiting for coronavirus to go away and back to business as usual. And many people have said and, and that it's never going to go back to business as usual. We've learned, you know, Zoom. We've learned to manage remotely. And going forward, things that could be managed remotely are going to be managed remotely. Big companies are saving tons of money by not flying executives to that retreat that we always thought was absolutely essential. So, you know, things are not going to go back the same. So the more, it's not just that, all right, it's going to be two months, maybe three months, maybe a year compared to the Spanish flu over there that was, came back again. And everyone has all their ideas of how long it's going to last. But it's not like it's a defined period of time and then it's back to business as usual. Those who are successful now in this transitional period are going to have the upper edge when it comes, when the new normal sets in, whatever that looks like. Okay. Sorry about that. You got me worked up there a little bit, but but that, that is something awesome with which what you're doing with with your company. Um, I, I see that we've gone pretty far in here already. Um, what do you see as the future for your company post COVID nineteen, and where do you think that you've grown? And maybe you can you know help other business owners, help them to kind of set the stage for them. You know the direction that they should be thinking of post COVID nineteen. Okay, so I mean, you said a lot in that last uh, last know, segment. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I just I want to point out a couple of things before I answer your question. Sure. Um, which really leads into my answer. So I would say to start, if you're in the service business, you understand that it's ultimately about the end user and about adding value to their daily life and company. So 
nothing really changes. It just, the, the, the world around you evolves and you have to evolve with it, right? But ultimately it's just understanding what the service is. So I'll give you an example that everybody can relate to. If you have a grocery store and you make money off selling groceries and you said to yourself, the second is hit that, that's it. I'm just going to allow you to come in and uh, maybe if you could get in there with six feet apart and have it staggered, I'll have people in here. You're probably not doing that well on a, on a daily basis. If you said, okay, let's evolve. Let's connect with Uber or other apps that already have delivery options. Let's create our own apps and applications that they can now um, order directly from us online and have a delivery system. You're probably very successful, right? You take that same business now to answer your question post COVID-19, which nobody knows how things are really going to evolve. You know, I, I think people, you know, there are human nature doesn't generally change unless there's something traumatic and dramatic that happens, which I think we're at that point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, even if it does sort of go back to normal, it will take some time. Right. So me, the same person who was buying groceries, you know, in the past in person might still continue to use an online application and that same store that I that I leaned on because they did a good job in rolling out their new service, right? So that's how I look at every business. It's saying to yourself, what did we do during this time to evolve in a way that sets us apart and instill delivering that service that my customer base needs? And hopefully we did it in a way that when we go back to norm, we can continue to be successful and more successful than our peers. Right. So with regards to telehealth, as an example, right, I don't know if we're going to be able to provide at home tele teletherapy. So meaning in a residence home that's at home already. Right. It used to be we have to be there physically. It was impossible to mobilize a team based on the way we get paid. We just never had that type of company. Now yeah. with telehealth, it's easy for me to roll out 100 services a day, 200 services, a thousand continue growing. Right. Mm -hmm. So my hope is that they see the benefit of that and the access they granted us will stay there because they see the ROI, the return on investment um, in what they did. So that is my goal as a company. That's my hope. What will I do if they say things have gone back to normal? We'll probably try to, you know, go back to what we've done look at our successes and, and use it as, as an opportunity to continue growing, even if it's just um, as a go get them because we did something successful. Right. Um, I'm not losing you here. No, 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 you're not. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of a book um, about startups. And it talks about the problem of large companies that they don't have the startup mentality. And the suggestion is, I'm, if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, the suggestion is to, to actually create man-made crises in order to get the creative juices flowing. Like literally to make problems on purpose. And to make, uh, again, it has to be done, obviously, a controlled explosion, if you will. Um, right. But because, because people became entrepreneurs, people who are regular, we'll say nine to five type of people and who don't like risk and don't like uh, when things are not clear. And, you know, and the people who want to know what the schedule is going to be for the next 35 years before they take the job. They've been forced to act like entrepreneurs. They've been forced to act crazy and to do things that don't make sense. Now, some people live for those moments. I feel like I might be in that category. And when things are not scheduled and things are out of the ordinary, that's when you know we feel more alive. But for a lot of people, it's very uncomfortable. Well, I'll say this. Being in a healthcare industry that relies heavily on CMS, regulatory 
um, pieces that are that are you know you know from your experience it's a constant changeover mm-hmm. and it's never been you know just stagnant so whether you're relying on if you're a nursing home owner on CMS changing certain regulations and how you get paid mm-hmm. you know like PDPM just went effect um, or the way the phases of um, you know the healthcare officials how they come in and how they review what you have to do from a nursing perspective clinically all of that it's a constant um, so I don't know of anybody in my industry that is used to just sitting back on their laurels and saying to themselves, yeah, I got a system. It works. It's going to continue working that right. way. Um, you have to constantly evolve. So I will say we've had those experiences in the past. Um, did we go through those, you know, the same, um, you know, the things you mentioned where you put yourself in this crisis mode? I don't know if we ever had that level of crisis, mm-hmm. but we've had to evolve as a company. And I feel like if you're in sales, you always constantly evolve. And that that's just what you've been doing your entire career, probably. That's what you're doing maybe in stages, not as dramatically, but you've you've built enough so that you you're at this point now and you know you can do it. You have that experience, you have that encouragement, and you definitely have the confidence. Do I, I just and I'll, I'll I don't want to continue rambling on here. I don't know personally how somebody lives in a cubicle world who is a nine to fiver, so to speak, like you mentioned at your other podcast, and maybe is used to be things being you know perfectly in a box because I don't live in that world. I don't know how they're adapting because they are used to certain things being a certain way, and they're generally not made up of the same stuff, so to speak, as somebody who always is going with it. So uh, two points about that. I, I had somebody that worked for me once at a point, um, and she was a phenomenal. She was she did uh, clinical reimbursement at MDS coordinator, and but she had like decades of experience being a director of nurses, and there were multiple opportunities within the company for her to step back into that role and to grow beyond that because she was a very very skilled clinician. She's been through multiple different types of settings and companies, corporate companies, small companies. Like she had from a headhunter, like she was a dream resume, so to speak. And she came in every day at the same time, no matter what was going on in the building, whether it was survey, whether it wasn't survey. She, I don't know if it was 8.30. She left at 4.30 every day. Very relaxed demeanor. And she excellent at what she did. And she really enjoyed it. And But I once had a conversation with her. She was leaving at 4.30 or whatever time it was. And I'm like, you, you don't care to grow within your role? Like she was a real nine-to-fiver, so to speak. And I said, you don't want to, you know, grow to, you could, you could, you know, move up the, you know, the food chain, the, you know, and move up financially, different responsibilities. But it wasn't just money. I was just like, no growth. Like, that's okay for you. And she said, like, she's, she's been out there. She's done it. She knows exactly what it's all about. She was getting on in years. She's like, this is exact. This is, I love this. I'm getting paid. I'm doing stuff that I like to do. I have plenty of time. You know, I get home at five. I don't, you know, I have plenty of time in the evenings and the weekends. I don't have to work. And for me, it really, it was like a pivotal moment for me because I really couldn't understand uh, that mentality. And until I understood that there's a legitimate place for, for people to be that way. And it's also not a us and a them. I, I, yeah. If you, if you want to like slice it up a little bit more, I would say we each have a bit of both within inside of us. There are certain elements of our life which are repetitive, no matter how wild we might think we are, but there are certain areas of our life that we want to be structured in a certain way, whether it's personal, it could be religious, it could be business, be within the business, within any of these categories. And to some extent, whether we want to admit it or not, 
I think that, you know, we are nine to fivers in those areas. In some areas that, you know, you can be entrepreneurs. Some of the nine to fivers that I've seen, you know, when there was the building was literally on fire or the power went out and we had, you know, 20 residents on concentrators and, and other life-sustaining, you know, equipment, they all of a sudden, you know, became entrepreneurs and they figured out, you know, which outlets worked, which ones didn't, even though they weren't marked and the extension cords that were left outside are now waterlogged and somehow they still figured out within minutes how to move the beds. And, you know, so there, that exists inside of all of us. And this is not just a philosophical conversation. Right. It, and people are listening now, whether you're in the nursing home industry, whether you're a nursing home owner, whether you're an, an employee in any level, you're a service provider, you work for a service provider, realize that there are at times like this, if you're down right now uh, professionally, and if right now you feel like there's no hope and you feel like you can't go anywhere, you do have inside of you the ability to adapt. And it doesn't mean that you have to all of a sudden start driving for Uber. It doesn't mean you have to open up a telehealth company. But it means that if you if you look around at the opportunities that, that are around you, it, it may not be a drop down menu. You know, it might not be as simple as clicking on a job that you want to apply for. You may have to you know reach out to someone a little bit out of your comfort zone, but it's definitely doable. Okay, I, I mean, you said a lot in there as well. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll say okay. So the them, the them versus us thing, uh, we could debate that for a long time. I would say where there's definitely um, there's def where there's definitely common ground is that I think ultimately everybody just wants to be happy. They want to be satisfied in what they're doing. Um, everybody has different places or different ways to get there. I'll give you an example. I like to throw out there. You know, you have a destination point. You have to get from Toronto, from Toronto to Brooklyn, right? You put it in your GPS. Your ultimate goal is to get there. You could either take a throughway or you could take the scenic route, right? But you're, you're still, you have two guys driving at the same speed. They maybe cover the same amount of mileage. They're both going to get there maybe at the same time with their GPS and their ETA. One person will enjoy their scenic route and one person will be very happy that they're able to stop every 60 miles to fill up gas, knowing where it's going to be. And they feel confident and, and, and that they know their, their route and it's planned out for them, so to speak, right? But ultimately... When they get there, they'll both be just as happy because they got to their destination, to their wedding, to their business meeting, whatever purpose they have for their travel, right? I enjoy the scenic group personally because I, I think it's something that allows me to grow and experience. I have pictures to show my kids. It's something I, I you know, I might have taken a different route every time I went from Toronto to Brooklyn. This guy, that that um, that satisfaction or the 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 calmness he had in traveling, knowing that he had a planned out perfectly and everything on the map was marked up was his satisfaction, right? So there, there is definitely a them versus us or there's two different different types of people, but ultimately their goal is the same, right? So that I agree with you. Now, okay. to, to your example, where we'll, let's continue with this, with this uh, parable or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, what happens when, when the guy busts his tire? How does that person react, right? So I would assume the person that took the, the scenic route usually took that route in a, and he knows how to deal with it and evolve because he's probably, this is probably not the first time it happened to him. The guy who takes it through a, usually is going under overpaved roads. He's probably good to go. And this is like a once in a million chance. But it doesn't mean that he's just going to sit there and be like, okay, that's it. I'm stuck here until somebody drives by. If it's three in the morning, I'll wait till 6 a.m. till it's daylight and people see me, right? He'll figure it out. He'll read the manual instructions. He'll evolve. 
right? So I definitely agree. We all have it within us. We all have things we could tap into. We all have experiences we can lean on and we could get there. And, you know, ultimately you'd be surprised. It could be that person that reads the manual will actually um, put the tire on correctly versus the other guy is like, yeah, I got it. I remember seeing my father doing this and he, you know, he missed a couple of screws. So of course, everybody has that ability. You know, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going, all those examples and, and um, famous quotes are true. And I see it more than ever now. Um, and ultimately it's about wanting to make it happen and it's a desire. So I, I agree with you. I'm looking around my company. There's people um, that I never would have thought we could lean on that are being more, you know, more eager and more proactive in, in how they do things. And there's others, maybe even people like myself that were used to sort of doing it in a way that they understood the control, the control chaos. And now it's even that is out of their control. So they don't know how to go back to basics. So it can happen both ways. I hear you. I hear you. Listen, it's we've gone really over time here, but it's been a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I know some of this was nursing home related, so we can stay on the podcast. Uh, but really, the truth is this this is the real struggle that everyone is dealing with right now, everyone on their own level. So I really do appreciate you know going down this path, whether we took the scenic route or the planned route, that's debatable. And, I, feel like, I feel like this podcast took the scenic route. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we took the scenic route. Um, if people want to learn more about, about you or about your company, where's the best place to send them? Well, I, I, you know, I have my contact information on my LinkedIn bio. Definitely would love to hear from people that way. Um, I find that WhatsApp and just texting all those mediums are easy to, uh, work off of from my perspective. I'm assuming for most people that are busy with their daily life. Um, and I'm always willing to engage and learn more about other people and help them if I can. So if, can I can I leave off with something, or is that your thing? You sign off. You'll sign off after my sign off. No problem. Go ahead. So I guess the, my message to the crowd out there and to people that are listening, hopefully they they enjoyed, they got something out of this, is you're all dealing with it and you're all struggling with it with it in your own way. And I think Shmuel and myself don't know, you know, the right answers for you specifically, but we can tell you generally that we're all going through this together. It's not just you. It's not just something that you're dealing with. And I feel like more than ever, I've seen how so many people are banded together. And I just want to give credit to all the first responders, all the people on the front line, everybody in the nursing home and healthcare industry, and, and even people that are in other industries that are saying to themselves, you know what, maybe I will be doing those grocery runs, or Uber runs, like you mentioned, but I'll also find ways to help others and giving back to the community. So I just want to say a personal thank you to all those people. And I've seen it personally and experienced it myself. So I just want to say thank you to everybody and thank you for listening. Well, thank you for bringing that up. And, you know, the, the people forget that the people in the grocery and the people in these other essential businesses, many of them are putting themselves equally as, at risk without getting any real, you know, any real things. I was in the, in the stop and shop uh, last week. Told, I told the cashier on my way out, you know, thank you for being here. I came in here with my mask and my gloves and everything and the kids are begging to come to a store, to anywhere. And, you know, sorry, one person at a time. And they're there and, they're, you know, they're not immune. They're just as vulnerable as everybody else. So we have to remember everybody. Okay, we're going to go forever here. <laughs> I, I'll, 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 I saw a quote. I don't know if, it's, if I wrote it myself or I just saw it in my dreams or I saw it somewhere. Uh, but I, I thought this was amazing. Social distancing has now brought us closer together. That was important. Oh, well, Social distancing has now brought us closer together.
Yeah. You see that. It certainly has. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Until next time. We can do this on a weekly basis. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.